This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Thank you for joining Property, which is more than to be said for me, your host. I'm filling in Brown tonight, hosting the um, Argyle, the, <laughs> hosting the green, oh dear, hosting the Green and White podcast, brought to you by Argyle Life uh, in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. So here we are after the dismal four-one loss to Bristol City. We were all uh, saying how fed up we were being plucky valiant losers. So Argyle listened to us. They decided to be truly awful, disorganised losers instead. Um, Joe, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I mean. Let's be real about it. We were all getting fed up of being the better team in a defeat. So why not be third best in a two-horse race, eh? Um, I think even, you know, it comes to something when even the officials come out of a game with more credit than your own team, um, which goes a long way. Yeah, we, we might as well get into it, Sam, aren't we? Um, that is as bad a night as we could have possibly envisaged. Um, little disclaimer before we start. Um I feel for all 3,400 of you who made that trip to Gloucestershire last night. Um, thankfully, I made the decision not to go and settled instead for Argyle TV coverage. Um, and then decided for my sins to watch it back again this afternoon just because I hadn't witnessed it bad enough. And nothing changed. We were diabolical um, from minute number one. I think... Um, well, in fact, it's not diabolical from minute number one, is it? It's diabolical from 6.45 when the team sheets were handed in and they were made public. Um, I think we all anticipated rotation after Saturday's game. Um, we saw two or three players were running on empty and, you know, the legs had gone. Um, I don't think any of us imagined seven changes. And, you know, our £2 million players... Not only our top goal scorer, but the top goal scorer in the second tier of English football being left on the bench um, was pretty, pretty strange um, and ultimately didn't help us one jot. The um, reasoning of bringing fresh legs in, um, I do think somewhat it's been blown slightly out of proportion, um, bringing fresh legs in, because I think Schumacher meant fresh legs after Saturday, not you know, because of the players being um, running on empty after Saturday's performance. However, seven changes is excessive. I don't think anyone would have, com- anyone would have complained if he'd made three or four changes. And then, you know, if that wasn't working and players were struggling after half hour, 45 minutes, take them off. You know, don't make seven changes. Don't wholesale change your side because it just leads to things going wrong. Um and I don't know if you've got a running order plan, Sam, but instead of going through it goal by goal, I think tonight it might be an idea to go through player by player. Um, because I do think it would be wrong to single out individuals from that performance last night. I don't think that's the way to do it. Um, because collectively, as a group, um, every single one of them, um, I don't think anyone came out of that game with credit last night. Personally. Uh, I was 
I would broadly agree with that, Joe. I would say maybe the possible exception of Adam Randall and that he at least looked like he was um, at least trying to do the right thing, which I think is more than most of the others did. He still had some bad moments where he got he got bullied a little bit and he was a little bit careless in possession, but at least he was the only one who, who seemed to realise that there were 3,400 Argyle fans by the way and, you know, desperate to see us put in a good performance and a good result. And I'm not sure how many of the others did. And he, he did score a very good goal and, and he put a chance through for what really should have been an assist. But Ben Wayne, unfortunately, put it miles wide. Um, yeah, I, I, player by player. I, mean, I don't think, you know, I don't think any of them come out with it apart from possibly Randall come out of any credit at all. Some worse than others, in, in truth. But as Schumacher said, you know, the young lads being thrown in, having their first championship appearance, they're, maybe they're playing to the best of their ability. Maybe they, maybe their ability level is just not good enough. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's much positive to be said about anybody, anybody at all. Um, all four goals were, to some extent, the product of bad defending. I'm not going to say they were entirely the product of bad defending. You have to give the opposition some credit and, and certainly the third and, and the fourth in fairness for both lovely, you know, long passes over the top. And then if you're a Bristol City fan looking at that, you're thinking two great team goals. But um, if, if you're an Argyle fan, certainly for the third with that truly awful defensive shape with the, 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 the diagonal back four, as, as, as I've seen it termed hmm. on, on Twitter, but when that ball came over the top um, and... Weirdly, none of the back four were, were anything like remotely in line with another. That was was diabolical. The defending for the for the corner, both for the first goal, both for the two men out who were meant to be stopping the short corner, were very poor. And, and when it went into the box, very poor as well. I know we have a zonal marking system, and I'm not against zonal marking. I'm not a you know old fashioned person like that. But if you are going to have a zonal marking system, you have to to know who, who who's in what zone. I think. Scar and Kesley Hayden both didn't really know whose zone it was in defensively. Um, obviously, Edwards and, and Wright should both do better to stop the ball coming in. But once it has come in, Scar and Kesley Hayden have both both not had a clue, really, who's going to what. Hazard's come out and sort of half-heartedly waved an arm at it and, and not got to it. And, and there, there we go, it's 1-0. And then there was that bizarre five-minute break due to technical difficulties. And then, and then we were 2-0 down inside what was on paper nine minutes. But in reality, it was 2-0 down within five minutes of, of play because there was that long delay. Um, and then yeah, I think, pretty much gone. I, think that's a re- I think that's a really important point because those of you who would have listened to the podcast post-Preston would have, will remember the point that I made about you know, on the back of the last two games where we've conceded two goals on the road inside the first 10 minutes, you know, it, the, it was important that we got through the first 10 minutes in this game, you know, quite solid, quite steady and just building up the performance as it went along. And of course, lo and behold, we're 2-0 down inside eight minutes. Um, and you are right. If you take that four minute gap out where there was technical difficulties with the, the Hawkeye goal line technology, then... You know, it's essentially 2-0 after three and a half, four minutes, if that. Um, I mean, it's, it's just not good enough. You know, it's all, it's all well and good having all these attacking players and this great fluid system that we have. And, you know, we've all been incredibly complimentary of the performance levels that we've put in this season. And, you know, some of the attacking play, yes, all right, it might not have yielded the goals that we sometimes deserve and should have um, in other league games. The fact of the matter is, if you're giving teams head starts the way we are at the moment by conceding early goals like this, and let's be honest with you, they're not even goals that you sit there and think, oh, what a goal that is. We are, we're not being cut open. We're not being torn apart by teams. We're giving away sloppy, sloppy goals that are all down to a lack of concentration, people not picking up a runner or not going with their man. I mean, it's just so poor. And until we get that sorted out, it's a waste of time worrying about what's going on elsewhere on the pitch because, you know, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. And it's so frustrating after knowing where things are going wrong on the road, i.e. giving teams these good starts, that to then find yourselves 2-0 down in a game of that magnitude in front of a crowd that, you know, were loud. It, that's certainly how it came across on the 
on Argyle TV and what have you last night. It's just so, so poor. And, you know, I know it doesn't matter which end Bristol City scoring, but to be 2-0 down inside eight minutes in front of 3,400 people um, who truly were the, you know, if, you, if you're able to give man of the match to people who weren't on the pitch last night, every single one of you deserved it to having to sit through and endure that in the stadium last night. Um, and, you know, I take me out off to all of you, but it's it's becoming a real, real issue. And, and you know, the home performances are OK. We're not, you know, let, we blew Huddersfield away. But as I said on the podcast Sunday, we could have been 3-0 down inside 15 minutes against Blackburn. And the Southampton game was a real, you know, tete-a-tete of, of two teams going at each other. So, um we have issues, Sam, and you know maybe this is the reality check that some people needed. That yes, okay, the performances have been okay, and you know results haven't necessarily gone our way that perhaps the performance level dictates. Um, we are there is a huge gulf between where we are and where a lot of these teams are, and Bristol City are an established Championship side, and they have been for many, many years. Um, you know, it's not too long ago that Lee Johnson miraculously had them pushing in and around the playoffs and they'd beaten Manchester United in the League Cup and, you know, they, they had the wind behind them. Um, I think it might have been after the Crystal Palace game when we did our last Twitter slash X space. But I said, you know, essentially, um, whether or not people agree or not, another thing, but we are still a League One team because we are not established ourselves in the Championship. I, um, I, I agree entirely. Last, last night, last night was last night. It was a League One team going up against a Championship team. As hard as that is to accept, and as hard as that is to listen to, you know, we were a League One side going up against a solid, gritty, determined, well-organized Championship side. Bristol City weren't outstanding. You know, they they had moments in the game where they they were pulling us all over the place. Um, but the gulf between, and, you know, this is a Bristol City side that finished smack bang in the middle of the table last year, maybe lower lower half, was it, in the end? Um, uh, about 14th, that 15th, that sort of area, exactly. I think. You know, that's, that's where we, at the moment, I think, can only dream of finishing. Um, and maybe this is the reality check that everyone needed. Um, and at the end of the day, I'd rather it came after the seventh game than the 37th game. I completely agree. Um, I guess that the, the pertinent question then follows: if we're we're very much of, of the accept that this isn't sustainable, it can't continue. And and I don't I do agree. I, you know, as much as we're we're still not in the bottom four, that there's still definitely bottom three. Sorry, um, there still definitely have been worse teams than us this season. I think the rate at which we are just surrendering wide open chances through our own mistakes is is not sustainable. Um, even in the Huddersfield game, they, they missed an absolutely blazing chance. Even in the Blackburn game, they really could have been 2-0 up quite comfortably before we even got a sniff of goal. Um, so so even in the games which we have won, Watford, they had a great chance, a one-on-one chance that they blazed over at 0-0 towards the end. So even in the games that we have got points out of, we've, we've surrendered effectively very, very good chances that the opposition just haven't scored from. Partly due to Hazard doing well, but also partly due to luck, whereby they, whereby they've just not got the finish right. Rounds maybe you know three three or four times out of five they would have got the finish right, and then we've just got, kind of got lucky that they they haven't got the finish right in that instance. So there are definitely concerns without a doubt, um, because I think it's very yeah, Preston one was another one. Obviously we lost the game anyway, but again, um, great Hazard save prevented three one. So it's very easy. Oh, we should have scored more goals. We've had this chance. We've had that chance. And to an extent, that's true. But there's so many times we should have conceded more goals. And, and we, we, the only reason we haven't is because of A, Hazard making a great save, or B, just luck of, of the striker have, having a bad finish at that particular moment and or just not quite striking the ball quite right. So I absolutely think that we are far, far too open in terms of the goals we're, 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 we're allowing and, and the chances we're allowing. Look, obviously, we are a newly promoted team. We've got probably the bottom three, if not the single lowest budget in the league. I'm not 
naive to think that we're going to go out there and completely stroll through the championship and stroll to a very easily comfortable mid-table finish in which we never have any hard days. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think in, in every game, and I do think it has been every game, we've conceded at least one, if not two or three, absolutely howling chances just due to, due to being too open or individual errors or some combination of that too. Individual yeah, I think, errors, yeah. I think the, the point you're making is, is correct. And I don't want, you know, if I agree that everyone listening to this now might roll their eyes and tut and swear at their phone or what have you. But I do think there is a, a reality pill that needs to be taken at this point because without sounding like the greens tinted spectacle wearing happy clapper, um, you know, there, we do have to be realistic. And this is our, we are only seven games into our first season back in the championship in 13 years. There are some incredibly wealthy um big-named clubs in this division. Now, I'm not saying Bristol City are one of them, because they're not. Um, they are an established championship side who do what they do very well, and they have got a manager who knows his way around English football very well, and he's a Marmite character, but he does a job for them. Um, so we do have to be realistic in that respect. We also have to remember that, and this is, you know, this is down to us, this is the route we have taken... Um, and a lot of people questioned it during the summer, but we have a very young, youthful, um, inexperienced at this level squad. And when you go into a season where you know you are going to have to roll your sleeves up and fight for every point that's on offer, um, there are going to be occasions where players will make individual mistakes. That is going to happen. And to use the cliche that every game is a learning curve, a learning curve is correct. You know, we are learning on on our feet at every game. Um, we have a manager who is only seven games into his first season in the second tier of English football. Um, however, if you take all that away, we cannot keep making individual errors. We cannot, and it's the same errors. It's the same mistakes. So the third goal yesterday where Sykes ends up with the freedom of Gloucestershire and our inverted fullback is taking up the position that the left-sided centre-half should take up and we're playing a, as a diagonal a line as I've ever seen a defence take, all stems from us trying to play a million-dollar pass in the midfield. Um, on Saturday against Preston, Morgan Whitaker tries to play a million-dollar pass and it yields a goal for Preston. You know, do the basics right. Just simplify everything about our game and then go from there. But this is the problem when you go in with a youthful, inexperienced side is that, you know, because they're so raw and learning, they will make mistakes. But the point I'm trying to make in a roundabout way without squaring a circle is that you have to come back to it. And do your basics. And Schumacher kept saying it repeatedly on his interview last night. And, you know, it was probably the wrong thing. I know they have to come out and do it, but it was probably the wrong thing for him to do an interview last night because he was just going round and round in circles in a similar way to I am. But until we cut out these simple errors and until these, this side learns, and they are going to have to learn very, very quickly, then... I keep saying it, it's irrelevant what happens up the field because we can go on about the chances that we're missing. But until we start keeping clean sheets on a regular basis, then it's a complete waste of time worrying about it. And there comes a point, and it'd be interesting you know, if Aaron could put out a poll or something, whether or not people now feel like it's time to abandon some of the principles. Is it too early to abandon the principles that we've got to get out of a game with a point. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, I don't think it is too early. I Regular listeners to the podcast will know that I said after the Birmingham game and after the Blackburn game, I don't really mind losing the odd one playing like this as long as we're just getting enough results here and there to stay comfortably clear of the bottom three. Um, and I think that wasn't an unreasonable thing for me to say. But the trouble I, I've got with that now after after watching the last two games, and I just don't think that we are going to stay clear of the bottom three for much longer, just because we are we are far, far too weak in defence. Um, look, without wanting to, to target individual players too much, I do think Cooper coming back in will help. Um, because I think he, well, whilst I maybe slightly contradicted myself about Hazard having made some great saves earlier, I do also think there are, there are a number of goals that he could have done better for. And I think Cooper just has that little bit of X factor that he, he just saves, you know, totally unreasonable shots. You don't expect the keeper to save. So I do think uh, Cooper should be coming back in. And I do think that him doing so would would help us. Um, but that's not going to be a, a solve all solution. Cooper is, you know, going to save every single chance. He, he may save slightly more and he may be better in other areas, but it's still only really a sticking plaster for the wider issue of how open we are. So I think we have to do what Schumacher said after the Barnsley game last season. As, as much as the first six games of the season um, and the cup games were very fun in some way, I think if we continue playing like that, we are just going to be going back to League One. So I think we have to change it up. I'm not saying totally abandon any attacking football. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not, I'm not saying abandon any effort to, to play attractive football or anything like that. But I do think that we we we, we have to drop the inverted fullbacks. Um, they're, they're, they're too often, as we've seen, there are occasions whereby they're going in and they're just leaving the, the wide areas absolutely wide open. Um, and, we, and we've seen it happen uh, like, like last night for the, for the, for, uh, the second goal. Warrington drops over the left back to cover Edwards, whereas he's come inside, and um, Randall doesn't really drop in to cover Warrington, and and then they've got an easy shot at goal. Um, I just don't think we're at yet of of the level of player quality to to be able to play that that tactical. Um, I don't think the squad we have for the championship is good enough to do that because, however hard you try, even if we cut out the silly errors and concentrate a little bit more. The way we play is always going to leave us vulnerable. I did say I was happy with that because I felt we'd get enough wins. Having watched the last two games, I think I was wrong. I don't think we're going to get enough. I don't think we can continue playing this way. I do now think we should probably look towards going back to three at the back or if we are going to stick to a back four to make it a more conventional defensive counter-attacking back four, certainly for the away games and and quite possibly for the home games as well. What do you make of that, Joe? Yeah, very quickly, two things, um, just taking on co-host responsibilities. Casey, I have seen your comment about Bristol not being in Gloucestershire. And I said to myself before coming on tonight, do not reference Bristol as being in Gloucestershire. Um, And as the tip that I am, I have referenced Bristol being in Gloucestershire because it is not. Um, Second thing, if anyone does want to chip in and say anything, then please feel free to request. Otherwise, you are stuck listening to me and Sam waffle on about how we seem to know better than Shuey. So um, if anyone does want to say anything, feel free. And... Do you have a request from uh, one team in Devon? Yes, let me... Um, yes, Joe, do you know how to how that request? I, it's a very, I have, very professional I have operation here, it, as you can all hear. Yeah, I have handled it. Hello, am I on the um, space? So it's connecting now. You're on, you're on. Fire away. ever space as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Um. I mean, watching it last night, absolutely horrific. Uh, I could have taken straight back to Charlton away last season, um, Wembley obviously last season, Peterborough last season, and it just feels like we've got this pattern in since the Shuri of Exeter under in the on the early low games. We have this kind of pattern where every sort of fifteen to twenty games we have have this collective mental outage where everyone in the 
team looks alien to each other and can't actually string two passes together. And I, I do worry a little bit about catastrophizing this result because <clears throat> we have had this pattern and we've always come back. And this is sort of part one of just what I was, what I've sort of taken away. And, um, you know, I don't, I do fear, worry about knee jerk reactions when we, when we look at it, talking about specifically three at the back, when the last thing I really would want to see Shuey do is go, oh, okay, we're going to play three at the back, even though they've obviously done the homework, they've done the, they've done the time in preseason, they've bought, they've, sign players to the system. If you go to three at the back and you get whipped in the first game, how many games do you give that until you go back to the back four? So I really don't want to see any panicking from Shuey or, or you know, or from us uh, really about catastrophizing over a result that seems to to pop up every every so often. And it's, it's the only thing I'm really holding on to about um, trying to stay positive in the, you know, coming off Preston, we still had this, positive air in defeat okay we've we've had an absolute shocker but um you know we've been here before and we've come back so i still have faith in what's going on uh the second part though speaks to this you know i don't like to use the terminology and the um and the statistic is meaningless if you take it out of context but xg and xga um yeah i'm rolling my eyes on myself saying it but you know, we've got the highest XG. One of the, we've got an XG that looks like the top six, and we've got an XGA, an ex- expected goals against. It looks like the well, it's the second worst after Rotherham, I think. So we obviously we need to make tactical rebat changes to, and rebalance the team to stop being so open, like you say. But you know, I don't think necessarily means wholesale changes. But we may have to set up differently away from home and and perhaps look at asking. Whitaker to make more to be more defensive. He seems to be on a brief to stay high and not and not really track back. Well, at least I hope that's the case. Or he's got serious serious issue. But you know, Shuey said in the past we want to be attacking. I feel like he wants to he wants to concede two and score three, and that's going the wrong way at the moment. But it's, it's not particularly it's not a particularly sustainable approach, though, is it? In a season where we know that every point is vital um, and I accept that scrapping everything that we've worked on through the summer after one result would be um, pretty pretty strange pretty um, pretty rogue if you like but when you think that obviously Plegwazelo missed last night through what sounds like a reaction to his head clash on Saturday um, and he's going to be—he should be available for selection this week. You've got Gillespie coming back this week. I mean, what's everyone's idea of if we're just sticking with two centre halves? What's everyone's idea of the back two for for Saturday's game? Because Scar last night, um, lead-footed, um, not commanding in the air. Um, it, I, you know, I've I've nailed my colours to the mast with Gibson. That you know, I made that out there comment early doors. Um, but last night he was a, he was a passenger in the side. He was, he didn't command like he should have, um, and do his job properly. So, you know, what, what, where do we go on Saturday with Norwich with the back four? Because there's plenty of question marks out there for me after, after the last two performances. Well, if it is going to be a back four and I, as I've kind of nailed my colours to the mouth, I would at least consider moving to a back three. I know very much what, um, what what you what you both said there, and you know, yes, of course, we don't want to over catastrophize too much, but also at the same time, I think the majority of this squad do know how to pay pay it, play a back three if we can get those words out, and I do think that whilst I think Shuey has put a lot of prep in this, I do also think he he is a very much an evidence led manager, and I'm not saying that you know we we've got to change, but I do think there would come the time whether we're at that stage yet or whether we're a few games away from it, where if we don't shape up and resolve the issues, then we will look to to change things, not possibly back to a back three or, or back to some, or you know, or to something else altogether. So whilst I take the point of not over catastrophizing, I do also think that, that you know we don't want to go to the other extreme and, and leave it effectively too late to make changes. Not that I'm saying this would be doing that, but I think it's something we need to at least consider. So I would still consider going to a back three if it is going to be a a, a back four with obviously. Two centre backs. Um, yeah, as Joe says, it's 
it's it's kind of slim picking. And I think Plegatuelu had a pretty ropey game at Preston. Uh, in in truth, I don't think he played well at all there. Um, that said, he certainly had a better game than Scar did last night. Scar put in a really torrid performance last night. I think like he could have done better for at least one of the goals, um, possibly two of the goals. And his passing was was just shocking all night. It was kind of put put you in mind of of when Scar very first joined us in that first month or two before he really did our style. He was a capable defender, but he he just couldn't pass the toffee, and it was. Kind of almost like going in the time machine and watching watching that Dan Scar back, which you know he, he's he's come on immeasurably as a player since then, um, and it was it, it was a bit of a a bad throwback to see to see him playing so badly. Um, obviously, Gibson wasn't great. I, I completely agree with that. He had probably his worst game for Argyle, but I still think he's 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 been the outstanding centre back so far this season. So look, I I wouldn't mind seeing Gillespie come in, but. Most managers, for whatever reason, don't like to play two left-footed centre-backs next to each other. I guess that's, you know, as a result of, at a young age, left-footers don't use their right as much as right-footers use their left. So, you very rarely see a left-footer playing right centre-back. Maybe Schumacher will defy accepted wisdom on that. But, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's Gibson and one other, put it, put it that way. Adam has requested to speak. So, Adam, back three, back four, back five. Back seven, uh, Watford, yeah, Watford, so I was at the Watford game, forward. Uh and I think we were we gave a few chances up at Watford, but we were quite tight. And Saxon early, I think, had an outstanding game, and I think we've really missed him um, from a defensive perspective because Kessler Hayden really good going forward, but you know, bombing forward, leaving big spaces behind him. I would actually probably stick with a back four. I think Gillespie at left back, and I heard you speak about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago, would be a good option. Very good passer. And I, I'd probably favour back four, defensive full-backs, a couple of defensive midfielders, Houghton maybe, Butcher sitting, um, and let four attacking players, you know, who are really strong, maybe Whitaker, Mumba, um, Azaz, Hardy. I think they could, you know, keep it tight and they could do some damage. And I think you also talked um, this week about not having enough options on the bench when you're playing all your attacking players from the start. And they probably went too far the other way yesterday. But... At least if you're playing four attackers and you know a relatively stable back four, a couple of holding midfield players, you've then got options to maybe bring on a few more attacking players later on in the game or in the last half hour. So that's what I would do. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad somebody else has mentioned um, Gillespie maybe playing at left back, and I'm not the only one who perhaps thinks down that route. And I, I genuinely wonder whether, in the absence of Saxon early, that might be the way it ends up going in future. Um, with with Kane on the right and, and Macker on the left, just because, as you say, Saxon early had such a good game at Watford. He had a shaky start. Let's not be naive to remember the first five ten minutes were were pretty ropey for him. But as the game went on, he really grew into it um, and didn't look out of place at all. Um, yeah. And then you can't you can't get away from the fact that unfortunately with the way that Preston set up against us on Saturday, and it was quite visible where certainly where I was um, in the away end at Deepdale, that they'd done so much work to shut us down on the right-hand side in not allowing Whitaker and Kesler Hayden any, any possession, any meaningful possession in the first half, that everything had to go down the left. And Miller and Mumba, for whatever reason, just couldn't deal with it. You know, they saw so much. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. The play, but they just couldn't. They weren't on the same wavelength with passing, with movement. Um, and then Miller obviously put in that, that tackle that we spoke about on Saturday or on Sunday night's episode. And it's just with, without early and with Miller being the only um out and out left sided fullback that we've got because obviously we're having to shuffle Kane and, and Joe Edwards around at the back there. You know, we do now suddenly look really short without Saxon and maybe Gillespie might be a a, a better option on that left side. Yeah. And I, I think we just need to tighten up for a few games and that's why I'd probably play Housen and Butcher in the centre just a bit of stability. Uh, Butcher was really good last season and maybe championships a bit step up for him, but he played really well last year. Um, especially towards the running, and he didn't play in Wembley, and we got turned over then. So I would say, yeah, tighten up, let the attacking players have a bit of freedom when 
you know, and then you can still make changes later on in the game if we need we need to uh, try and get a goal. It certainly seems the right thing to do away from home. There's no reason why we should set up so diff- so it's the same at home and home and away. Um, I was really surprised to see, um, you know, us still playing the same manner, uh, especially at Preston. We know, you know, what kind of form they're on and, and not really playing that double pivot. Um, so yeah, I do agree with that. Um, that. Yeah, we do need to, especially from away from home, we need to to be more way more solid. Yeah, I mean that's that's the important thing, isn't it? You know, we if you look at what's coming up in the next few weeks, obviously we've got Norwich at home um, this Saturday, and then we have that that long trip to Hull. Um, then we've got back to back home games, haven't we, with Millwall and. Um, is it Swansea then Swansea, on the eighth yeah. of October? So, um, and then then it's the Hawthorns. Then it's on paper. Well, actually, before we go to the Hawthorns, of course, we got another international break to look forward to. And the last one worked out so bloody well for us. Um, I can't wait to have another two weeks off. But Charlie um, is the next one to request. Feel free to put um, questions in the chats as well if you want us to change subject. Um, you know, if you're getting depressed of us talking about how bad we are defensively, then um, feel free to steer us in a different direction. Um, but the big point is the next few away games are massive away games with trips to Hull, West Brom, Ipswich, just to name a few. Um, and then, of course, it doesn't get any easier with a trip to Ellen Road on the distant in the horizon as well. So, um it goes back as well, well, it's connecting for Charlie, it goes back as well as opposed to what happened after the Barnsley game, wasn't it? We we got beat 3-0 at Barnsley and I referenced it the other week that Schumacher came out after that game and said, you know, maybe we do have to approach away games a little bit differently. Do we have to be a little bit more conservative? And, you know, it's not a case of giving res- too much respect to the home side. It's just a case of making sure you do your job. Um, and lo and behold, after that game, I don't think we lost again, Sam. Did we? You're the, you're the stats man after that Barnsley game. Did we lose I another game? I can confirm after that Barnsley game, well, we had a game that was technically at a neutral venue, which we won't talk about. Um, we won't talk that wasn't about a league game. That wasn't a league game. No, but in terms of league game, league away games, which is obviously what, what Schumacher was referring to, not only did we not lose one, we actually won every single league away game after that change. Exactly. So there was there was obviously, a, and it was noticeable um, in two or three of those away games that we had definitely set up a little bit more circumspect. And, you know, as I say, it's not about giving the opposition extra respect or things. It's just about doing basics and making sure that you are doing your job. And last night, unfortunately, um, three or four of the individuals, not only were they not doing the basics, they didn't do their job. Um, and you had the mo- as I say, you had the um, the third goal where Warrington mislaid a pass and Kesla Hayden sort of dawdled back um, without busting a gut and Whitaker's token gesture of trying to cut out the ball for the fourth goal as well. Um, and even there, our two centre halves were were all at sea as the as the balls played through to Cornick. So. Um, Defensively, it's a bit of an issue. <laughs> One point that doesn't seem to go away, and although we didn't have as many last night as we did on Saturday, and we didn't really talk about it on Sunday's podcast, is that um, set pieces um, are becoming a real, real frustration. And is it now time where we just abandon putting the ball into the box from corners? Should we now just start doing short routines? Because it's a, just a complete and utter waste of everyone's time in us putting the ball into the box. Because either A, it won't get past the first man, or B, it's just going to end up in the keeper's hands. Well, I, I would largely agree, Joe. I would give one caveat that the one player who actually did broadly take quite good corners last season was Adam Randall. And I don't think, and I know he's not played every game, he's been a little bit in and out of the team, but I don't think he's taken. A single corner this season. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but he he seemed to be our best corner taker. He, he's good at dead balls generally. I don't know why we aren't giving him the chance to take corners. Um, but yeah, if we're not going to give Randall them, then I think we really are just as well not um, 
not play them long. I know everybody moans about short corners. You know, n- nobody seems to like them very much. But um, yeah, I think it's ultimately it, we're, we're, we're more likely to work the ball into the box playing short than we are, you know, just crossing in and it going nowhere. So it's something well, I'm certainly consider doing. We're a possession-based team who like intricate build-up play, as was seen with our goal on, on Saturday. Mm. And yet, the one thing we seem to decide to do is just launch it into the box and it doesn't yield us anything. Harry, um, if you want to unmute yourself and get your top in, feel free. Harry, are you there, Harry? You put yourself back on the there. Yeah, I just I want to really speak about more the uh, the actual lineup um, last night. I went up, um, yeah, worst performance of the season so far. I think I've, I've been to every game so far. It's just you can't take. I don't know, you know, sure roulette, roulette and everything. It's all, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's you don't. You don't. Our best five players didn't play. Uh, didn't start yesterday. I think what and Azaz, Houghton, Hardy, Whitaker, and Glass. Um, anyway, Harley. to not even have one of them in the starting lineup is it, it surprises me a little bit because Houghton in midfield would have maybe I, I don't know ch- changed it a little bit from the start. But you know, you go two 0 down within. Eight minutes. You've always got a task um, to try and get. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't have as much control in that. Game, we didn't have as much control in that midfield yeah, as we've right, had in other games. You know, even when it was two-one, I thought, well, we're not playing great, so I can't see us really getting back in this. But it, you know, it's just Shuri's selection sometimes does baffle a lot of people, and it's just I'm not sure. Why he has to make so many changes when, and I know it might have been a, a fitness issue, but you know it's this is the sort of you know we play forty six games in a season, you know we've got to you know at least have some regular starters playing every game or try to get them play every game. Minute back five interviews. Morgan Whitaker. Morgan Whitaker and. Um, um, Carlton played played 45 45 minutes anyway, so... Yeah, true, true. Yeah, that's... that's, I was surprised that that he didn't didn't start those two from the beginning. beginning. Five changes changes would have been enough. Yeah, I think five would have been more than enough. I Well, if anybody listened out to the post-Preston podcast, I did say in that one that... um, I could, I could maybe see him, see him resting one of Whitaker or Mumba, and even me saying that was was deemed a bit of a controversial proposition. The fact he not only rested one of them, he rested two of them, and Ryan Hardy and Jordan Houghton, all, all in one hit, was just a, a baffling decision. Look, we, we all, we all love Shuey. We all know what what a fantastic manager he is and, and how well he's doing for us. But that doesn't mean we can't make criticisms when when he's got it wrong, and he's certainly got it. Badly wrong last night. Um, it not not just for the fact of, of it was basically throwing away the game, but with with the occasion of it, it it's our nearest away game of the season. Three and a half thousand fans on the road. It was a a bit of an insult, really, and that's not meant in a disrespectful way to the players who came in. Um, I I don't think that the the three young lads making their first start in the championship are are championship quality. That's my truthful opinion. Don't want to dig them out, and if listen, if, if any one of the three proves me wrong and gets the winning goal on Saturday and goes on to have a great run in the team, then I'd be absolutely delighted that, that for them to do so. But I think I've seen enough of um, Warrington. I've not seen that much of. But I think I've certainly seen enough of Wayne and Tyreek Wright to know that they're not championship quality yet. I think they, they maybe need a loan. Maybe they might get there. Maybe they won't. But I don't think they're there yet. Warrington. Well, Warrington obviously is a lonely, and frankly, it's it. Again, with the caveat that I'd love it if he proved me wrong. So far from the bits and pieces I've seen, I don't think he's at all ready for the championship. And given that we've signed him on a loan, which is inherently, you know, a short-term signing, if he was our player, I'd be a bit more patient and sympathetic, thinking that maybe there's some long-term player development going on. But he's not our player. He's been signed on a short-term deal to do a job. And at the moment, I don't think he's up to, to doing that job. So 
it, it, it is difficult because you can't play Houghton, Hardy, Rumber and Whitaker four to six games out of 46. That's why I would maybe look to change formation, partly because I think other formations give us more room to rotate and give us more room to bring pay, players in. But equally, I don't think I want to see Warrington, Wayne or, or, or Tyreek Wright start too many games. And that's not to let the others off the hook because I think there were a load of other absolutely shocking performances last night as well. I think Callum Wright is a player who I have gone on the record as, as massively praising. He was he was dreadful. I think um, Scar was dreadful. Kester Hayden was dreadful. Edwards was pretty poor. Gibson was pretty poor. Hazard was was, was pretty poor. Um, so I'm not just digging those three out. And I know it's easy. You know, Argyle fans do love a scapegoat at times, bless them. And I'm not trying to join in with that. But at the same time, I do think that those three are not championship ready. And I think that very much showed. And I think it was a, a wrong decision to throw all three of them in at the same time. You know, look, if you're going to throw one of them in, at least have a strong team around them. Throwing all three of them in at the same time is like throwing them to the wolves, in my opinion. What, what was interesting um, post-game in that um, two-and-a-half-minute interview with Charlie Price on Argo TV from Schumacher at full-time was that he, whether or not he realised he was doing it, but it came across as if he was throwing the four in inverted commas, senior starters that he had under the bus with their performance levels. It did a little, yeah. Um, and he was, you know, he was noticeably calling all four of them out for their for their performance. And when you think that one of them is his captain and the other one is, one of them's Dan Scar, who'll be an influential member of the dressing room, it's a, it's a bold move by Schumacher that, um, to have done it so publicly. Um and, you know, let's not – you made the point there, Sam, in your last bit there that, you know, Schumacher is a young manager and, you know, we've loved everything he's done and he's not devoid of criticism when it when he needs to. And that is right. And I'm sure there's nobody more smarting today than, than him as, as to what went on last night. And here we are talking about how wholesale rotation wasn't the way to go. Well, there's going to be wholesale rotation again on Saturday in the respect that, there are going to be. It's going to be another five or six changes at least to that side um, for the visit of Norwich, because um, you would imagine that the five that missed out last night, uh, Hardy, Whitaker, Mumba, Houghton, and Azaz will all come back in. Um, and then, as we say, we we've got that decision to make at the back. Um, one player you didn't mention when you were naming names there, Sam, and whether the rest of you guys who were there last night want to touch on it, is nobody's mentioned Luke Cundall. I, I literally yeah, just remember I missed him out. Yeah, he, he was poor as well. Like, like I said, I don't think any of them were, were anything other than poor aside from possibly Randall, and even he wasn't, wasn't really a... Yeah, Cundall... I did, see, I did see that Chris Harrington gave some very interesting numbers in his uh, post-match ratings. Um, there were some sevens and sixes... Uh, there was a seven for Randall, a six for Kesler Hayden um, thrown in there. Which really? Thought, yeah, which I Kessler thought Hayden was one of the worst, in all honesty. I'm amazed he got a six. I thought they were interesting ratings. I noticed Aaron didn't put anyone forward last night to do Argyle Life ratings, um, which is perhaps good for our own egos in sense of getting hatred as um, as there was a bit of needle towards Saturday's ratings. But... It's an important game on Saturday now, isn't it? I suppose we should probably touch on that game next because this one's in the past. There's no point over-analysing it too much. It was a bad night at the office. Put a line through it and hope that we never have another one again. Um, although, as uh, one team in Devon referenced, when we tend to lose under Schumacher, we, we lose in style. Um, it's a big game now on Saturday against Norwich. and I, Is it already sold out? Are we... Close to selling out. It'll yeah, another... I think I think all games are pretty much sold out at least a week. Another ago. full house. At, another full house at home park. Where do we um? Where do we lay on this one? <sighs> it's such a tough game to have after a game like Tuesday because after a game like Tuesday, they, you are, to... they are current. They are playing tonight. Incidentally, whether or not that'll have any bearing whatsoever. Um, they, are so. they are currently one nil down at home at half time. Okay. Um, a Kelechi Ianacho penalty bang on half time has given Leicester the lead. So fair enough. Well, look, they are the top scorers in the league, and and quite frankly, given how badly we've defended, not just last night but also at times in other games, 
coming up against the top scorers in the league is, is not my idea of a very fun afternoon. So I think we, we do need to tighten up. Whether that involves a change, a change of actual formation or, or, or not, either way, we need to tighten up. Um, we've got, we have got to get through the first 10, 15. We cannot go down again. We, we know that was at Preston, uh, it was at Birmingham, it was at Bristol City. Even even last season, as great a season as last season was, there were so many games where we, where we get went one nil down pretty early on. I know Wembley was one. I know we turned it around to win, but even Port Vale on the last day was one. We just cannot be going behind early on Saturday. If we do, then I think for the first time of this positive era, we may start to hear some sort of real murmurs of consternation at home park, and that's not you know. Not to say that the good times are over or anything like that, but I, I think for the first time we, in, in, in a long time, we are really finding out what it's like to be up against will, it and, and to really will, not have will, it go away. There will be obviously a recency bias with with people's opinions, and that's that's fair. Um, just having a look at the um, chat comments, just to get a few of you people's views across. Jake McLaughlin um, we, says, we got away with losing by four or five the last few seasons because our team forgetting the budget was one of the best in the league. This year, it's nowhere near the best budget in the league. Nowhere near the best in the league, shall I say. Um, what else have we got? Dan Knight, I'd love for us to score from just one corner. None of this short nonsense does my head in. We might as well boot the ball into touch to stop the counter-attack. I mean, it's a pretty draconian way to go about it, but I don't disagree. Um, the Crazy Pilgrim, a big part of winning and recovering from spells like that, is a well-bonded team. They will know stepping out on Saturday what they have and need to do. All they will want to prove is that we can be up there. We will not be a bottom three team. I, I do still have that confidence that with the level of performance we've shown in six of our seven games, um, that we will not be dragged into any sort of battle. Um, because let's be fair, this is our first really dire performance and we do have to be wary of that um dan gleesgroat um apologies if i butchered that um worst performance you may not have butchered it but you certainly read out a, a prank name haven't you that's like <laughs> dan, read, read sure. back what you just said <laughs> dan gleesgroat is that not a joke name surely that's a joke uh, name <laughs> apolog- apologies to dan if sam um put a shame <laughs> on your name uh, worst performance along with the two Wembley trips I've ever seen. Um, Cooper saves you a goal a game. Um, and Harrington is a yes man. Um, Desperata says, why spend all that money and not use the resources after a two-week rest period? Again, you know, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with that. Um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, we've just come off the back of a of a two-week break and 90 minutes later we're having to to rest players. Um it's a little bit of a little bit of a concern when you think that only one of the squad during the international break went away. Senior squad went away on international duty, and he didn't actually play a minute um, whilst being away on international duty. So um, to rest, I understand that they obviously take in data and workloads and things. It does seem still a little bit baffling to me as an uneducated member of the Green Army. Um, but they they will know best, and unfortunately, last night's team selection wasn't the best. Um, so, if anyone else does want to add anything to the space, either drop us a chat or request to speak. Um, probably won't be on for too much longer because, as mentioned earlier, we do want to put this one behind us and move on to Norwich on Saturday, which is more important. Yeah, I would just say point. that with with Norwich, it's a great chance given their scoring prowess to really focus the mind and have the players and Shuey really put a rocket up their ass and and show us what they're capable of of being solid at the back. You know, there's no there's no sugarcoating what's happened. So there's got to be a response both from the team that played uh, last night and 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 the setup and the management we've got to be solid we, we can't be we can't be shipping two two three goals at home again even with the matter of the quality of the opposition it'd be really really what it's a turn from a, a concerning result into a real worrying one if we do that against Norwich so it's a great chance for them to um pick themselves up in front of a full house uh put a great performance in I wouldn't be averse to seeing the same back four um and give them a chance to redeem themselves um obviously with 
Houghton and our any of our attacking players back into the mix would be nice. But um, yeah, it's a it's a chance to really make a positive out of a, out of a massive negative. So uh, that's just my uh, glass half full take on it. Yeah, I really hope that's right, mate. Because, like I said, I think we we need that. You know, we need that positive energy boost. And look, I'm not going to. It's obviously not a must-win game in the sense of the season, because goodness me, we're still only seven games in. But I just feel for the kind of releasing some of the tension that, that that sort of built up after those two games. I think that would be a huge, huge game to win. Um, just reading a couple more of the the comments saying, "Can't see us winning enough away all season on current form." Will our home form be enough to avoid the bottom three? That's from Bobby Green Army forty six. Um, I really hope so because I think, yeah, I think unless we drastically improve, we're going to have to allow our home form. I think even last season, our away form was was not really that close to being the best in the league. It was obviously fine. We got one hundred and one points, but I think our away form was quite a bit worse than than Ipswich's, and I think possibly worse than Sheffield Wednesday as well. It was really our absolutely exemplary home form that got us to 101 points. Now, maybe it's going to have the same effect. Not Obviously not in the sense of getting to 101 points, obviously, but in the sense of the home form really elevating the away form to allow us to massively overachieve. I hope that will happen. So far, we've only had three home games. We've got six points out of a possible nine. So, touch wood, that can continue because it might need to. A couple of other comments. Warrington was very poor. This is from Chris Matthews. Warrington was very poor yesterday. But he did play well against Palace, the stronger side and City. The bus does something about him. I would say yes, up to a point. But I do think that game was a bit of a weird. But I think Roy Hodgson clearly was not happy with the way the, the team he put out he, and and the way they started that game. Hence, he brought his big guns on very quickly. So whilst I do agree he was decent against Palace, I don't think you can take too much from that game. And finally, a comment from from the aptly named Ben Wayne for Ballon d'Or. Credit to Ben Wayne looked decent, and I wonder if there might be a slight bias there, but uh, I can't say I do agree he looked particularly decent last night, but as I say, I hope he proves me wrong. Couldn't have put that effort on goal any wider, I would say, if he tried. Bless it him. was quite um, remarkable, wasn't it? It was, and it, was, it, was, it was noticeable with his reaction after it had sailed wide, how he was also in disbelief at just how poor an effort it was on the goal. Um and, you know, when you're left with just him and Hardy as noticeable, as recognised strikers, um, that was a big opportunity missed for him last night, I would say. Um, obviously, we all know that Hardy's top goal scorer in the division um, and did hit the woodwork when he came on last night. Um, but he needs to be trying his best to put pressure on to Hardy um, in any way that he can. And unfortunately... That performance last night did not put pressure on Hardy. No, it um, didn't at all. And of course, we do have Mustafa, um, who was on the bench last night. So um, there's every chance that we might see him on Saturday at Home Park. Um, interesting to see what he can bring to the side. Um, certainly can't be any worse than what was on the pitch last night. I think we'd all agree with that. Yeah, you um, just sort of answered the question that came in as it came in then. Um... From from the crazy pilgrim who I know I do that with Aaron on a on a Sunday recording is that we answer his yeah. questions before he gets to read them out. So we're carrying on our form. We're, we're carrying on the form and um yes, let's see any other comments. One of them says, Well, well I won't read it out word for word, but it's a word that starts with F and then says F me, this is still going. Well, it is still going and I'm afraid we've got a lot to rant about, but I dare say we're uh we're reaching a conclusion. But one more from Casey, who I can see is listening with the changes we are prioritising the home games, where we've been so strong and more likely to get points on board. That's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, look, I think what we've what we've maybe not really dug into in this podcast is we all agree it was a, a bad decision, but why was that decision made? I mean, was it just literally a case of throwing this game as a sacrificial lamb to allow the first choice 11 to be out for the Norwich game and to be fully fit and rested? Possibly. I, I think that's a possibility. I mean, one could be he genuinely wanted to to give these guys a run out and give them a chance to, to really shine. The one sort of, you know... And I, I'm that not puts, that, that this, puts a lot of pressure on Saturday's game, though, doesn't it? It does. It does. Look, whatever it is, Joe, I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I'm just trying to work out what, what you know, as Casey asked, what Shuey's mindset might have been. Um, and I think that may well have been it. Um, and the only other thing possibly could be and look, I, I, I'm not trying to suggest things are anything less than, than Rosie in the garden at Argyle, but could it have been a bit of a, 
a bit of a message ahead of the January window. Look, this this is the backup I've got. Is there any chance of a bit of a budget rise for January? Possibly could be, okay. could have been an aspect of that. I'm not saying it. It definitely was that, but you know, such things have been known to happen, haven't they? In, in uh, a message, managers. a message, a message to the board in September about the January transfer window. That would be quite the statement. Well, um, that, yeah, that would, that would almost that would almost be verging on Jose Mourinho esque tactics. Well, um, yeah, I don't think that's really Shuey's style. I, I think you're probably right. To be fair, what what Casey said there about prioritising home games, it was something that was messaged to me last night that maybe he was thinking that Saturday's a, um, Saturday was where he wanted the players fresh and everything, but that doesn't take away from... That's no um, saving grace to the 3,500 of you who were in that away end last night um, who would have wanted to have seen the likes of Azaz, Whitaker, Hardy, Houghton, you know, really take it to Bristol City, a side who hadn't won at home all season. Um, and you didn't get it. Um, and hopefully we get all those players back out onto the pitch on Saturday because, and if they're not fit and fresh and running around like school children and putting their bodies on the line and going from back to front, up and down the pitch quicker than you can say their name, then it does raise more questions than answers, I would suggest. Yeah, um, and uh, not to troll, I said he also wouldn't have been fuming, uh, wouldn't have been fuming if he'd thrown the game. And yes, look, I, to be absolutely clear, I wasn't. Uh, I'm probably talking myself into it into a corner here, but I absolutely wasn't suggesting he was trying to throw the game. Um, you, there are ways of, of making a message without without necessarily throwing the game. But no, I do agree. I I think that was probably a bit of a bit of a rash suggestion, uh, born out of thinking out loud. So I agree. That's almost certainly what he was uh, not what he was doing. Uh, Bobby Green Army forty six. There's plenty of free agents out there. Um, yeah, quite possibly. Um, I can't immediately think of of many. The one that I I did kind of loosely mention was Lyle Taylor, who's, who's been known to score a lot of goals at his level. But he was reportedly at the Sheffield training, with, training with Sheffield Wednesday. Apparently, Lyle Taylor. Yeah, indeed. The only other uh, striker with, with with a lot of experience at this level who is who is a free agent is is one who came for the youth academy here, Isaac Purcell. But I think he's possibly more or less officially or unofficially retired now due to due to his constant injuries. It's a shame because he was doing well at this level for Birmingham and then obviously earned a move to Cardiff and that move to Cardiff never quite paid off just because he was so perennially injured all the time. But hey, if he could get back to anything like fitness, he might be one. And I guess with with having another striker, it, it really brings the option of 3-5-2 more into play because, look, quite frankly now, Ryan Hardy's going to start the vast majority of games. Yes, we'll rest him for some, but it, he should certainly he will certainly start the vast majority of the form he's on and, and uh, quite frankly, the lack of shall we say, championship-ready strikers we have. Um, could another free agent striker be good? Possibly, but it, it, it has to be the right person. And um, our very own Aaron Feed the Spud, uh, not, that, not that we know who that is at all, said, um, Mumba to show Norwich what they let go on Saturday. That would be very good indeed if he could. I mean, their fans were, were not happy selling him for one million whatsoever. And I think quite rightly not, because he's a, he's a very good young player with a lot of potential to get better. Um, I don't actually think we've seen the absolute best of him yet so far this season, apart from that incredible goal on in the opening day. I think he's been been perfectly fine, don't get me wrong, but I don't think we've we've quite yet seen the absolute magic he has to offer um, as much as we did in some games last season. So Saturday would be a great place to see that. So in, in summary then, because I think we've bored these poor people long enough this evening, um, at the end of this one hour, we, it's essentially been decided that last night wasn't good enough that the rotation wasn't right, um, that we have to, perhaps, I think the consensus is that maybe we approach games a little bit differently moving forward. Um, Saturday isn't a must-win, but we expect a response. Um, and that Aaron, who has decided to listen to this entire hour, could have hosted tonight's podcast, but instead decided not to. Um, should really be removed as host of the podcast. Do we agree, Sam? I absolutely, I absolutely would agree. But uh, given the absolute hash I made of doing the intro, I think Aaron is very much welcome back anytime he likes. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, from uh, and, and uh, one one final comment, just quickly that came through uh, from Aidan that says here: Vassell scored two championship goals in five years. I think I'd pass. And, I must admit, I didn't know it was quite as bad as that. Um, so maybe, maybe I would pass as well. But he was uh, 
he was one of the first names that that, that came to my head. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair summary, Joe. Ultimately, it was a night to forget for Schumacher's greens, and it was unfortunately not what the 3,400 has hoped for on the pilgrimage to Ashton Gate. It's one to put a line through and to move on very quickly at Home Park on Saturday, and I'm sure plenty of people will be going there with a lot of hope and belief, and we have bored you all enough, I think. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening in and for your comments and for those who requested to speak. Um, we will be back again on, on Monday morning with another episode of the Green and White podcast brought to you by Argyle Life post Norwich City at home with then an advanced look to Hull City away. If at any point you want anything raised from the Norwich game or talked about on the podcast when we record on Sunday, do drop us a tweet and we will make sure that Aaron finally gets around to reading them all instead just ones that he handpicks that he thinks will rile us that we get asked. So um, thank you everyone for joining. Sam, I think that's enough of us rambling on don't you yeah that that's all for me so thank you very much for listening we hope you enjoyed it and let's hope we're in a much better mood when we record again on sunday thank you very much come on you greens good night that's the end of another episode of green and white brought to you by argyle life before you go please make sure you drop us a review on whichever podcast platform you are using and make sure you follow us on twitter at argyle life 1886 cheers The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.